Price. Sure was. Wow, that was this episode, huh? Johnny Favs. Yeah, no, this has John Favreau written all over it. I mean, he craps out these scripts, you know. Oh, <laughs> man. And he wrote all of Mandalorian, and he wrote all of Boba Fett. <laughs> keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. <laughs> Just out. Which details did I put in which show again? <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, God. That was... That was a lot. That was... I mean, it was... It was fun. I had a blast. Yeah. That was not. Jables. I wouldn't say that was her best work, though. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up Lizzo's in Star Wars. Christopher Lloyd's in Star Wars. This was, yeah, this was a, a fat stack of notable guests. Yeah. And then probably a bunch of other like character and voice actors to boot. <laughs> I, this, this uh. felt, I felt like this was fake <laughs> the entire no, it was, time. It was super fake. <laughs> This is this has not really happened. It didn't it didn't feel fake to me, but it did feel like I peered into an alternate universe where this was the sixth episode of the third season. Mandalorian and the multiverse of madness. Oh sure. man, what what happened here? I need to process this, this episode. This, what this is so much to what happened? This season has been eight different shows smushed into one. This was and I haven't hated it. But man, oh man. This episode in particular, though, was something. This was McClunky. All right. <laughs> McClunky. We were bordering on oh. something else there. Oh, let's talk about it. All right, John, you seem to be the most positive. You take it away. Uh, yeah, I had a blast. I, I will not try and cover up the idea that this does feel like a kind of a an incongruous note. I'm I'm a little torn. I mean, like, you know, part of this journey over the entire course of the show has been a nomadic one, has been sort of bopping between different things. But yes, as we've crested into season three, it certainly feels like things are struggling to decide whether they want to be really serial or really episodic. And uh, that stuff aside, I don't know, I, I was very charmed by the oddball uh, quality of this. Uh, I can't pretend that... Its strangeness of tone does not, uh, you know, undercut some tension or, or you know, some of the just, I don't know, quality of the overarching thing that's happening or trying to happen. But I don't know. I, I had a blast with this. I just I can't really <laughs> say otherwise. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like this whole investigating the droids who are, you know, going haywire and Jack Black and Lizzo doing their you know, <laughs> hoity toity royal folk, and uh, and then you know, Christopher uh, uh, Lloyd looking like he's about to fall over and die. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I was very charmed despite uh, <laughs> what this is in totality, but yeah. That's that's my that's my two cents. Michael, I know you want to get in there, buddy. <laughs> Shrek in space. Tell me that wasn't Duloc. Like Duloc is a perfect place. It is, and so is wherever the hell we just were for the past yeah. forty something minutes. Uh no, I mean it was it was super weird. Uh I, I mean, listen, I'd be lying if I said I didn't love every single millisecond of <laughs> the chaos. Uh but from like a like as a producer, <laughs> as somebody who's had to like write and and like bring to life a feature film, um, there has been like a blatant disregard for 
uh, I think, a comprehensive, cohesive narrative. Uh, and I think you're able to get away with that to an extent. Um, I've kind of reached a point, and maybe this is a hot take, and I think this is like my first negative hot take. Uh, it's time. It's time. Oh, here come the hate. I can feel the people cracking the, the knuckles getting ready to comment. I, I feel like Marvel struggled from a similar affliction where all of a sudden it became like a, oh, we're just going to throw in these cameos to the degree where they kind of lose their, their nuance and, and any fun that there is to them. Like, I, I like a good little cameo. I think it's great when it's like, oh, turns out that Stormtrooper was James Bond. Like, that's pretty neat. I, I think, like, I could have handled Jack Black. I could have handled Lizzo. I could have handled Christopher Lloyd. I couldn't handle all three of them in the same episode to the point where it, it took me out of the narrative. And, and, you know, Greg, you had a comment earlier, like, yeah, it kind of did feel like a fan film. And I, I think a lot of this season uh, has been that. And, you know, part of me is like, well, that's what we've been asking for, right? Like, we, we want something that's made by the fans for the fans. Um, but I feel like there there does come a point where it starts to do a little bit of injustice to the story. And I felt like they had some really interesting beats in this episode that I would have loved to just, like, sink our teeth into. I mean, I think there was something really interesting about, you know, playing with this idea of, like, oh, the Empire treated former Separatist planets in, like, a really awful way, and there's implications to that. Um, but instead of, like, that, we got whatever this really interesting, silly, fun thing was. Um, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of pieces that, like, who knows, maybe they'll have a payoff. Like, the opening with, with the, the, the Mon Cal love affair, like, what was going? Where is that? Could like, I you think know, it's and, just to recontextualize Axe's gang as as a more no a like hardline group now under his watch. <laughs> Breaking up. Romeo I don't think that romance is ever coming back. No, well, <laughs> uh, but like, and the Star Wars fan of me is like, well, Mon Cal is like where you could build an incredible fleet, which could come in handy for the Mandalorian sure. later. And so, but like. I, I just don't know where we're going, and we're now at the point, like, an episode like this, if you're going to get this off the rails, do it really, really early on. I feel like we're way too late in the game to be going on this sort of misadventure, but that being said, Greg, your opinion is the one that really matters here. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Uh, as you are holding the, the baby conch. I've said many times that Mandalorian is my most favorite thing Star Wars has done. Um, Sorry. Did I have fun? I know what I hate. Did I have and... fun watching this? Sure. Did I have fun for the reasons they intended, though? That is the ultimate question. This like, It felt like a B-movie. It felt like a fan film none of it when i say it doesn't feel real i'm like i don't it's not that i don't feel like we're stepping into a fever dream it it feels like all this feel everything feels fake to me none of it feels truly it's the quantumania it is the, the quantum <laughs> it, it is like there's something about yeah. this that just doesn't feel lived in it and I, I kind of experienced that a little bit more with some of these episodes of season three so far and this took like forever to come out, so I thought this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, but there is something, especially with 
unless it takes place in like some dark ass place, there there's something with its tone and its pacing and its lighting where none of it a lot of the time it just doesn't feel real anymore. Yeah. And I would never say that about season one and two. It was the exact opposite about season one and two. Like, look how I feel like I get to live in this world again. And then here, everything just feels artificial to me. And this episode in particular, yeah, I had fun because I was laughing at the episode. (laughs) I was laughing at it. I don't feel like... Like the the way they treat it, you could have Bill Burr in here, and it's it's really believable. Yeah, <laughs> he's great as Mayfield. He's phenomenal as Mayfield. Jack Black was like, "This is a sketch now," <laughs> and there is seriously no tension, no stakes. We are zipping across everywhere in this random city, <laughs> and. <laughs> And then we try to tie it back in into what feels like the equivalent of kids who love making a fan film in the park. I don't I was know. once one of those kids. We were all once one of those kids. <laughs> we live in Los Angeles. There's all of us here. Go to the park tomorrow. You'll see them. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. Yeah. And Bryce Dallas Howard made this episode. And I don't think it's a Bryce Dallas Howard problem. It's something going uh, I, on I, with the mouse house. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I'm going to chime in there because I've, I've got a hunch. Uh, I think that there finally really was a genuine master plan that was being put into action by Favreau and Filoni. And I think a big part of that was going to be several of these spinoff shows, The Ranch of the New Republic. And there's just been episodes that are like so clearly what that show was supposed to be. I mean, I would be surprised if if they genuinely wrote Grogu out as they intended and then were told, you know, that they need yeah. to keep Grogu in um as a as a last minute afterthought. But, but Book of Boba Fett had bad episodes cuz when they were boring. Yeah. This wasn't boring. No. This was this is some this other type league, of strange league, thing that I of its own. Like, what the hell did we just watch? Well, well, John, you want to? John wants to say something. Yeah. What is it? What is, go for I it, John. A, I don't actually have a thought. Really? Oh, <laughs> I wanted to hear what you had to say. You really don't have a thought? Oh, I, was, I wasn't I was, cueing body language to be like, <laughs> let me jump in here. Oh, I mean, like, I, I, the only thought lingering on my mind right now is just that, like, everything you did in this episode. I think, or at least the multiple things they tried to do in this episode could easily have each filled. Like, you could have had the droid problem with Lizzo and Jack Black be its whole own thing. You could have the droids and what they're going through as a community of sentient beings, and that be its own thing. And then you could have the uh, redistributing of the Darksaber, earning back the respect of the fleet. All that could have been its own story in episode. That just shouldn't have been an afterthought. This was so ridiculously corny. That was a. That uh, is. I don't mind the choice of of them finally finding a way around a duel, but in this episode, that is like a legitimate gripe. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, we're just taking care of this uh, in like a three minute chat. Yeah, and I just it, it should have been the way too focus. much momentum. I mean, it especially after that, like, look at this terrifying conversation between the armorer and Bo, and this like really spooky. Yeah. Like, think about where we left the last episode. The dark tone of of blue discovering the empty imperial shuttle. Like, yeah. Then to whatever this was, you know, and and I think 
and 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 here's the critique. Like, uh, I totally agree with your note about the it being lived in uh, or or not being lived in in this case. And that was something that I think people really fell in love with Star Wars because it was so textured, because it was this retro futuristic like really fun uh it, it made it so it wasn't all shiny and glossy and to george lucas's credit when he did the prequels i still think he managed to achieve a sense of oh this is lived in but it's still new and shiny and, and it can be ornate whatever this is now is neither like the prequel or the original in, no. in terms of what it provides. It's not even and, the Disney sequels. No, <laughs> like, well, it's, it's literally Quantumania. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, like, it's it's the, the uh, and I love Guardians. I'm saying uh, this feels like a, I think we're, I think you and I at yeah. least are like, this feels like there's a production problem that happened with this season. Yeah. Oh, but, I can see that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, because they got a lot of the same returning directors and, and, and Filoni is I mean he's credited as writing and I know he's involved but uh, but I know he's also spearheading the Ahsoka show. There's there is but there's a magic when you put those two together, together. like Favreau yeah. and it was like Well they uh, they balance each other out yeah. in such an important way cuz I, I think you know both of them are such talented creatives but like I mean I, I think speaking you know with my producer writer hat on for a minute like there's certain projects that like Sure, I could try to do it by myself, but if I do it without like my proper creative partners, it's gonna be off the rails. Yeah. And you know, I think the the problem, um, and this is the same issue that Marvel has, in, in my opinion, is you get to a point where like, yeah, you can only like stretch out Kevin Feige like Gumby for so long <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you> know, <laughs> before he rips into pieces. Uh, and it, it's it's not a critique of of the creatives as as much as it is. You know, I mean, they have enormous pressure on them right now as as the flagship series for Disney Plus to deliver. And I think in the process, uh, they've been set up to fail. It doesn't you know, even I'm, feel like it's about Din Djarin anymore. Uh, and, and I could be fine. I could be fine with that choice. I think the problem it's, is it doesn't know what it wants it does, to be. Yeah, it doesn't replace it with something more interesting and focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, listen, I love Bo. I love the Clone Wars arc. I love all that stuff. I cannot like believe that the buildup of Bo winning back her Mandalorian compatriots and getting the dark saber is going to be written off in the last five minutes. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like an unrelated. It, no, it is uh, bullshit. It's, it's not after a fair. Fetch quest. Yeah. It's it's not fair. And like the and honestly, kudos to those in the comments section because everybody called out the technicality. But like, no offense to our comment section, but. One would hope that the writers that are paid lots of lots of lots of money to think something out would maybe go a little bit deeper than than what we all came to the conclusion of uh, immediately thereafter. Like, did didn't intentionally wait till they were in front of people? <laughs> like, well, that's, yeah, like let's, let them, let's let them fight it out first, witnesses. and now I'll do this technicality speech. <laughs> you know, let people get sick of this, and then I'll make my move. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 you you set up a character that we had like what five minutes with to to. Be I like, know. Just I what is happening with this show? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they've how many episodes do we have left? Uh, two. Oh no, yeah. six of eight. Yeah, I've never oh. been worried for this show, but yeah, when you got to hear when this is be such a pivotal episode, and they turned this in, and Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard directed it, I'm like, something else is going wrong here, and. <laughs> 
because I know, I just know for a fact, oh. and I know a lot of the people who are already mad at us probably already clicked off. I know there's going to be people who are like, it feels like a Clone Wars episode. That that's Cl- good for Clone Wars. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's good still, for the to, medium to, of to Clone. clone <laughs> to Clone Wars credit, and I say this is somebody that's watched it three times through. There's still arcs, there's, and yeah. there's still rules that they follow. I think this is like if you took one episode out of like four different Clone Wars arcs and, and just watched them right <laughs> next yeah, to each yeah. other. They just and jammed it into one. <laughs> which, which, like, frankly, what this felt like in my mind was like season one or two of Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's no excuse for the third season of a show of this magnitude and this much talent. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I think that we have to remember this season of Mandalorian is the last of the Chapek debacle uh, in mm. terms of the reins of Disney being handed I back over to Iger. This for like two years. Was this affected by COVID? I mean, it had to be. I mean, everything's yeah. been affected by yeah. COVID. But Maybe that's but, why but they're this... always going out of their way being like, we already wrote season four. <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> it's all planned out. <laughs> Chapek, though, I think, I mean, this is like the epitome of why they they gave him the boot for this kind of mismanagement. But I mean, honestly, and I hate to like beat the drum on this, and like, listen, I, I'm I'm forever appreciative to Kathleen Kennedy for her contribution to film and TV. God knows she played a, an important role in all the films that I loved growing up. Um, but I think it's it's genuinely time to like. If this is going to be a Marvel-esque property that we take seriously, the flagship show cannot do what they did this episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's there's so many... I mean, the whole... Just, like, play this out in your head for a sec. This entire series, its entire purpose thus far, has been to try to explain the lack of cohesive storytelling that went into the sequel trilogy. Like, every single action with the Grogu and it turned into cloning and, and all these different connective threads are trying to make up for the lack of cohesion that, that landed yeah. them into this debacle in the first place. And what I'm seeing is no lessons have been learned. I really, that's why I like the third episode because it's like these are choices and plots and fetch quests that are being driven by emotional choices in a good narrative even even people were like oh i'm a fan of that third episode with pershing i'm like yeah. i think this is exceptionally better than what it is what it is by far i love the second episode and, and out of all these episodes i'm like i like the others and i i but like the what the faults that i would find with the others it all came to like a massive culmination <laughs> in, in this one and when you have eight episodes Okay, I can't just settle for like B movie fun after a while. Like yeah. I had fun watching it, but I was certainly laughing at it and not and not and it didn't feel like it was intentionally supposed to laugh with it. Yeah. Sorry, John, we have been talking so much. No, it's a weird episode. <laughs> like, what's more to really say? Hey. I mean, I just find that very entertaining. But like, I can't really disagree with almost anything you guys have brought up here. Yeah. And I think that yeah. If, the, the sheer amount of guest stars, too. It's like, I think you could have made Jack Black and Lizzo work uh, if we had a little bit more time with that and a little b- uh, better ways to tamper the humor there. And then you have Christopher Lloyd, who's like, you know he's not just going to be some cameo, and it's probably not going to be these two lovebirds over here. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not even... I, I've never complained about this show's cinematography, but I've noticed, like, lately, it's just... 
everything's so freaking bright <laughs> and and it just feels like actors in front of a green screen now or yeah. the volume it yeah. just looks like actors in front of a volume and like the sets generally don't truly feel like when they went through the city it did it reminded but, me a, a lot of uh uh, uh the canobite cantina uh sequence and sure sequel trilogy it's just very yeah. like what this isn't it's not it, it, Star Wars. It, it, like, and Din and, and Bo played. Was, this is weird dynamic. To their, me, it was a little weird dynamic. Their chemistry needed something else. They needed, yeah. needed some more time together or, or, or something in a more serious tone because it's just a weird. I can I'm completely there with you and and I love both of them. I, mean, I think I love them both individually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah e- exactly. Um, no, I mean, frankly, the the only stuff that's like really had like dramatic tone and like really been i think down to earth uh i've really enjoyed the armor sequences sure which is crazy because not a character that should have that much emotional weight but like i love the tension that i feel there and um i don't know i we we know what they're capable of and i think that's what's disappointing uh and listen this would have made a great holiday special it felt like that <laughs> well and i mean too i feel like we didn't really have any time to at least in other episodes or other Star Wars media where they have introduced, like, oh, hey, we're having a feast or something, or you're on a new world. Granted, I mean, you're living in the problem of their society being so droid-based and all that stuff, recommissioned, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it's like when you join them at this banquet thing, maybe, I don't know, unpack a little bit of what the significance of this is or what cultural, you Mm. know, uh, element it is serving in one way or another rather than just, yes, a bright, garish excuse to have a bunch of recognizable Star Wars species in one room together or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's sad. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's a sci-fi movie hodgepodge at a certain point. Yeah, I mean, they were, like like we said earlier, it was uh, like Star, Trek, Star Trek vibes, but like like the not great episodes of Next Generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I got a lot of that uh, and there was certainly no shortage of like Doctor. It was just weird. It was, it was it was like was, a low budget. I uh, uh, yeah, it felt like what happened to your money? Yeah, yeah I, why the, does they burned, Andor they look so much it, better? Than they this? burned it all on Mandalore, <laughs> like that. I mean, that cinematography in, in the the mines of Mandalore. That was where it went. They're like they've used too much of the jetpacks. It's it adds up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel like now the Mandalorian is becoming a show to set up other pe- people and sh- and other shows spinoffs, which yeah. is not. Again, lessons not like, learned. It just feels like Din Djarin, it's, but especially Grogu, but uh, Din Djarin and Grogu are just walking through the show for like other people. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they literally <laughs> just happened to be there. Which has always happened, but we, yeah, it doesn't have that kung fu essence. No, it doesn't have that Mad Max essence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, And, yeah, and like, even, I mean, what a lost opportunity with, with Bo and Din to create some tension between would-be ally like there was a room for really interesting character development and growth for for Bo to put her people above her own ambition and instead she just got handed everything she could have ever wanted um oh god that's so that's that is that's so silly to me this was so silly well there's just enough episodes left to either break our hearts or change our minds. I'm genuinely concerned. The next two yeah. will be two hours apiece. <laughs> That's how they'll make up. I think they should just <laughs> get a cameo. I, over honestly, Lotus. I'd be cool if they if they said we're gonna pause. 
we're not going to put out the next two episodes. <laughs> and we're going to take the next two to three years to get our stuff together. I will continue to pay for my Disney Plus subscription in the meantime. Like, ugh, God. Anyway, guys. Oh, man. I what did, what I, did you think? I know it was fun, but be yeah. honest with yourself. What did I, you think? I like the Reject Nation a lot because we generally, even if we're negative, we tend to attract the ones who are optimistic and positive. And I love that about the Reject Nation. Yeah, I do Gen- too. It generally tends to be the top comments. Of like I had fun, it's up, and I, I support that, and I encourage that. And that's what yeah. that's what TV and Star Wars is at the end of the day. I guess, I guess my hope was that the bar might be raised just a little tiny bit. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Tell us your thoughts. You excited for Thrawn to show up in a hilarious episode of The Mandalorian? <laughs> Played by Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Vince Thrawn next week. Oh, Lord. All right, listen, this was a Patreon. Lance Dorr. Listen, if anybody could fix this, it's you, buddy. You're already out there <laughs> helping the people of Canada stay safe from all sorts of natural disasters. Come in and fix the disaster that has become Lucasfilm. I'm sure that you, with your no-nonsense and your holistic approach, could probably come up with some kind of a you know interesting hook for the writers to follow. And then from there, you will be the savior of the New Republic, of all of the people of the Star Wars galaxy. You could unite them all under one umbrella of good storytelling, Lance. And if not, I mean, I think if you just, like, you know, took off your shirt, put on a Mandalorian helmet, you know, and oiled down your chest a little bit, I mean, you could make everybody forget that any of this ever happened. I'd buy that calendar. Yeah, and then get Bryce Dallas Howard to shoot the pictures of the calendar so they'll look as good as they possibly can. And then both... Her directing career, which has been demolished as of this episode, will be re- uh, will be mended, you know, and then you will rise as the hero we always truly deserve to lead us into a new age. So stay safe out there, Lance, because you got a lot of responsibility riding on your shoulders. I have spoken. This is the way. Maintain your pledge. We love you, buddy.